Psalm 23 is one that most of us are all pretty familiar with, but we also don't live in a agrarian sheep sheep herding kind of society, or at least most of us don't. And so I think it's helpful to point out some of these metaphors and how much value they add to our study as as we think about this relationship between the shepherd and the sheep. I pray this episode blesses you. Hey friends, welcome to the Hearing Jesus podcast. Do you sometimes doubt if you're truly hearing God's voice or if it's really your own? And how do you know the difference? Do you ever struggle to feel confident in your relationship with God and what he says in his word? Do you sometimes feel stagnant or like maybe you hit a wall in your spiritual life? Hey, I'm your host, Rachel Grohl, missionary, author, pastor, and life coach, and I have been there. I too was doubting God's voice in my own life. I felt insecure about my relationship with Him, and I wanted to be obedient to what God was calling me to do, but I wasn't quite sure how to figure out what that was. I felt like I was wasting time trying to figure it out, and I just wanted a way to understand His will for my life. The answer for me was found in the pages of the scriptures as I learned how to understand what they were actually saying. If you're ready to grow in your faith and to step confidently into the calling God has for you, then join me as we dig deep into God's word so that you can learn to live out your faith in your everyday life. Hey friends, before we get into today's episode, I have a quick word. I know that you have been frustrated with being confident in how to tell the difference between hearing from God and wondering if it's your own voice. I know. I've been there myself. That's why I wrote the Bible study, She Hears, Learning to Listen to Jesus. This is a six-week study that takes you through the book of John, looking at six women in the life of Jesus, how he calls them, how he encourages them, how he equips them. It also teaches the color method of Bible study, helping you to learn how to really understand the scriptures. I also include a lot of cultural and historical information that makes these familiar passages of scripture really come alive. This is a great study to do with maybe your teen girls or a group of friends from church, and it will really help you gain confidence in how to hear from the Lord and set you up with some tools that will stay with you long after the study is over. Again, head to shehears.org and you can find the Bible study on the resources page. Hey friends, welcome back to the She Hears podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Grohl. Today we are studying Psalm 23. This is a psalm that probably most of you are familiar with. In fact, most people that don't even really know much about the Bible are familiar with Psalm 23. It's often portrayed in lots of our ceremonies, culturally, uh, on media, things like that. So hopefully it's not the first time you're hearing some of this. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So today we're going to go through some of the shepherd imagery that we see in the 23rd Psalm. So starting off with verse 1, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. I think at a very basic level, we understand what it means to not be in want. For those that are believers that are following God, 
it's really essentially saying that we're not going to lack anything that is necessary for God's purpose to be accomplished in our lives. And so while there might be things that we want, we're not going to be in want. And I think there's a, a distinction there. And then also that we can be content with how Jesus as the good shepherd cares and provides for us. And so it's not unrealistic to think that we're not going to go through personal hardship or hard times, but there is a level of trust with the love and the commitment we that we know that God has for us in our relationship with him. So if, if you think of the image of the sheep with the shepherd, and again, this is light devotional reading. There are entire books written on the 23rd Psalm, so we're just doing a very high level devotional reading today. But if you think about the relationship between the sheep and the shepherd, the sheep completely trust the shepherd. It's the very nature of the relationship. And really in the ancient Near Eastern culture, the idea of God as shepherd was really something that was present all throughout those ancient cultures, not just Israel and Judah. So you would see the shepherd metaphor because remember, this is an agrarian society where being um, involved with, with sheep and, and having shepherds, that was a very, very natural part of their everyday life. And and so for me, I literally drive past probably 10 cow fields on the way to taking my kids to school. I, I For me, I feel like it's one of those things where it's just natural. It's talking about cows in my where I live in rural Pennsylvania. That's kind of how it was. That was the culture. And so you see that with other gods and other ancient cultures, there will be reference to that shepherd-sheep relationship. So that's not unique to Israel. However, what is unique to Israel is the, the type of relationship that the psalmist has with the shepherd. So the metaphor of the shepherd oftentimes was a royal one. So there was connotations of strong leadership, but also this provision of care and trust. And in some of the other cultures, what you would see is there would be this shepherd metaphor, but it wasn't necessarily in a relationship of complete trust. It was more one of power. So for the psalmist, this is a psalm of David, he is seeing um, the shepherd as his personal God, Yahweh, and that there is only one shepherd to uh, depend on, to rest in, to, to trust. And so when we talk about in verse two, when it, he makes me lie down in green pastures, that is essentially shepherd verbiage. So sheep in the Levant really grazed a lot on the fertile grass that was produced by the rain. And so in the summer and the fall, they would feed on the weeds and the stubble that was left over from the harvest. So just kind of like how camels can go long periods of time without water, sheep actually can go a long time without water too. And then when they drink, they can drink as much as nine liters at a time. So that is kind of in contrast to goats. Goats are quite independent. Sheep would depend on the shepherd to find a pasture and water for them. So while the goats will be off kind of doing their own thing, the sheep are really trusting and dependent on the guidance of the shepherd. And then the shepherds also provide 
shelter or medication or help when they're birthing their lambs. And sheep really are virtually helpless without a shepherd. So when we think about this in terms of direction, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. It's really essentially talking about surrendering our heart to the Lord and allowing him to guide us and direct us in a way that gives us the provision that we need, the rest that we need, because he's trustworthy. He, he knows what we need. And so there's also this element of presence and nearness of the shepherd to the sheep. Because as you can imagine, if the shepherd is responsible, the one responsible for the care of the sheep, then he has to be in their presence. This idea of lying down, it's essentially being free from fear, being able to rest, being able to let go of the burdens. And in the same way that the sheep are able to trust the shepherd, that's the, the dynamic of the relationship that Jesus is longing for us to have with him. So Jesus, and of course we know he's the son of God, he's the one that came to bring the same kind of promise for his followers, because he is called, Jesus is called the good shepherd. We are his sheep. He is the good shepherd. So he's not just a shepherd. He's the good shepherd, the one and only good shepherd. And so through the Holy Spirit, who is by his very nature, the comforter, the counselor, the helper, that's how Jesus communicates his care and his presence for us as believers. Just like the shepherd is present with the sheep. The Holy Spirit is present with his people. And so there's an element of confidence and peace and rest that comes with this idea of being able to rest in green pastures. So if he's saying, if, if David is saying, the Lord's my shepherd, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. It means he's trustworthy. It means that we can trust him with the, the burdens of our heart and the things of this world that are um, bothering our hearts and our minds and our spirits. We can trust God with them. This idea of green pastures, of course, is a figure of speech that everybody knows, and it's essentially talking about growing and thriving. But, but Real true growth and real true thriving and a growth in our lives, that comes from our personal relationship with God. And that's what's necessary in order for us to fulfill the life that God has called us to. And so as he leads us beside quiet waters, that also represents the refreshment and the peace that comes from abiding in the Holy Spirit. And and not just... And I think this is my goal in all of the things that we talk about on the podcast. This is not about a Sunday relationship. This is about learning how to live in your relationship with God in your day-to-day -day life. And so what the, we talk about consequence a lot. This is the natural consequence. The natural consequence of being in close relationship with God is the ability to lie down in green pastures. Not just pastures. Because remember, these are the green pastures, the, the, the best time of year, the best kind of pastures we can find. They're green, meaning we can rest. We are well taken care of. And the consequence of trusting in him is that we can be beside quiet waters. Our soul is at peace. Our, our, our mind is at rest. And we're able to rest in the peace that comes from 
obedience and surrender to God. He restores my soul. This is verse 3. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. When believers, as God's children, are discouraged, this imagery of the good shepherd is talking about how he revives and re-energizes our souls through his power and his goodness. And as he guides us by the Spirit of God, through the Holy Spirit, mind you, in the path that he has chosen for us. Now remember last week we talked about how we have this free will to choose whatever path we want, but God's path is the best path for us. That's God's best design, best plan for our lives. And so as we allow him to guide us into his chosen path, that's what's going to put us on the course to fulfill the perfect purpose for our lives. And and I think this has ramifications for both believers and unbelievers. I think unbelievers for sure, there's always going to be an expectation that, that deep down there's an unfulfilled sense because we were created for this relationship with God. We were all created with this God-shaped hole in our in our lives and we try to fill that with all sorts of different things, with alcohol, with relationships, with money, with careers, with social media, with insert vice here. But essentially until we surrender to that relationship with God, that God-shaped hole is not going to be filled up. It's just going to consume everything we try to put in there. And so when we get to that point where we realize that, or even as believers, if we resist being obedient to God's call in our lives, there's going to still be a sense of unfulfillment. And and yet we will have believers, I've talked to believers that have been, you know, Christians their whole lives, 40 plus years, and they still have no idea what they should be doing and they feel unsatisfied. That's essentially because there's a call to God's chosen path for our lives. And instead of following his chosen path for our lives, we've decided to do things our own, on our own way. Now, the good news is it's not too late. It's one. It's just one decision away. One decision away from saying, okay, God, put me back on your path for my life. And he'll do it. He's faithful. He's the good shepherd. He will guide you back to that path. So obedience is our response. So just like the sheep, their response to the shepherd, he knows where to go. He knows where to go to get you to the, the green pastures next to the living water, the, the refreshment for your soul. He knows how to get you there. But but the sheep have to actually follow him to that place. If they decide to go off and do their own thing, they're not going to get, they might find something. They might find a, a green patch somewhere, but it's not going to be at the green pasture that God has designed or the shepherd has designed for them. It's the same thing with us. We tend to want to resist him instead of surrender to him. But yet this is where I keep wanting to get to this place where I hope you understand our obedience to him, our surrender to him is what leads to that freedom. That's what leads to this place of being able to be refreshed and to be able to rest instead of just the hustle, hustle, hustle all the time. So obedience is the response of the sheep, just like for us, obedience is our response as believers. So as we follow the shepherd and we listen to his voice, I think it's important to point out sheep will not listen to the voice of somebody that's not their shepherd. And I don't know if you knew that. That was news to me. I didn't understand that concept. But we see this throughout the New Testament where Jesus talks about my sheep know my voice. That's essentially what he's saying. Like we know his voice. And this is 
kind of the root behind the She Hears Bible study, we know his voice and that's how we're able to be obedient to his voice. My sheep know my voice. Well, how do the sheep know the voice of the shepherd? They learn the voice by proximity, by spending time with him, by being in his presence. And I often say this, I don't know if I've said it on the podcast, but I say this in person all the time. Being obedient to God's voice is a lot like the old school radios where if you would turn the dial away from the set station, radio station, the the verbiage or the music would get fuzzier and harder to understand. And if you turn the dial towards the set station, it gets clearer and easier to understand. Obeying God is very much like that. That's how we learn to hear God's voice is our obedience. And so as we step into obedience into what God's calling us to do, we have a choice. We could step away from what God's calling us to do, which means it's going to be harder to hear his voice, or we could step closer to what he's calling us to do, which is going to make it easier to hear his voice. And each step of obedience or disobedience is going to take us further away or closer to being able to clearly hear his voice in our lives. The benefit of that is the more you are obedient, the more clearly you will hear his voice. This next one is powerful. Verse four, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. The rod and the staff. So the rod, we talked about this, I think last week or the week before, it was basically a weapon that was kind of like a club and that would be used to defend the flock against any predators. So it's the same word that we see used for like a royal scepter. So if you think of, I mean, obviously it wasn't gold if it was a shepherd, but that same kind of shape, that club, that scepter would be something that the shepherd would use to to protect them. And then the staff also could serve as a weapon, but it was, if you think back to maybe pictures you've seen in the olden days or on TV or something, um, it was like a, like a hook. The shepherd's hook is what we put plants on a lot of times, but think about it, that kind of shape, almost like a, a big candy cane. That hook would be used to prod sheep in the right direction or hook them and bring them back to where they're supposed to be. And so it has this metaphor of divine guidance for sure. But there's also something that I think sometimes we miss in this verse. So the rod and the staff, sometimes they were used for discipline. So in general, the rod and the staff would be used to guide the sheep. But what if you had a sheep that refused to yield to the club and the rod? Sometimes what the shepherd would have to do is the shepherd would use the staff to break the legs of the sheep. I want you to think about that for a minute. If the shepherd is trustworthy and has the best interest of the sheep on his mind at all times and is responsible for providing for that sheep and that sheep tries to be disobedient to the will of the shepherd and doesn't respond to the gentle prompting and the gentle guidance and the the hook of the shepherd's rod pulling them in and they continue to go down their own path. There will be an element of discipline 
from the shepherd that is severe, severe enough to cause the sheep to falter, not because the shepherd is cruel, but because the shepherd loves the sheep. Does that hit you the way that hits me? Because there have been times in my life where I have been so resistant to God's leading. So resistant to God's leading. That instead of allowing me to just go off the edge, he's had to, he's had to break my legs. I, I wish it wasn't that way. And I think that's where sometimes people that aren't believers will throw accusations and say, well, you know, God, God is an, is an evil God. How could a good God do something like that or allow something like that? Sometimes I think the discipline is exactly that. It, it's, it's a way for God to intervene on our behalf because he loves us. And that discipline feels harsh at the time. And our tendency is to want to blame the shepherd when really it's our own disobedience that's to blame. I think we're going to stop there because I think that's a good place for us to meditate for the rest of the day today. And we're going to pick up again tomorrow, verse 5. But I want to read through this again. And I, I want to make sure that we realize that this idea of the rod and the staff. It's a reassurance for us that God's love and his guidance in our lives is not going to let us get so far away that we fall off. Now it might hurt. And I think for some of us, we have those broken legs. And instead of surrendering to the shepherd, we we hobble, we, we army crawl, and we keep going down our own path. At what point are we going to surrender? Let's think about those things as I read it again. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. God, Forgive us for those times in our lives where we have essentially forced you to break our legs because of our own behavior, for our resistance to you, for our own will, and not allowing you to lead us to those greener pastures and those quiet waters. Lord God, I pray for forgiveness in those things. I pray that you would help us to recognize them before it even gets that far, before we get so far off that we, we get to a place of needing discipline. God, I, I pray for our eyes and our hearts to be opened to the ways that you have called us to live a life of righteousness, not out of restriction, but because that's your best plan for us, that, that that's the way that we're able to step into the calling that you have for us, that we're able to hear your voice more clearly, that we are be able, we should be able to rest 
and feel refreshed and have our souls restored instead of this constant hurried pace and not having peace and um, always having confusion and chaos. Lord God, help us to recognize that it's only in you and our surrender to you that we can truly arrive at this place of complete trust and surrender in our relationship with you. God, I, I pray for my friend right now that might even be resisting something that you're trying to do in your life, in their lives, this gentle prodding of the rod and the staff and that you would help them to stop where they're at and to yield to your will and to your plan for their lives. God, I thank you for your presence and the way you constantly pursue us even in our mess, you come, you leave the 99 and you come and you find the one. God, we thank you for the God that you are. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey friends, if this podcast helped encourage, empower, or equip you for God's call on your life, I would love it if you would head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. That's the number one way you can support my show. You can also join our free Facebook community or Instagram page where I share inspirational tips, resources, and prayer throughout the week. Hey, I want you to know I'm praying for you this week. Know that you are loved, you are cherished, and you are His.